Hello and welcome to the third episode of the Working with Research Problems podcast with me, Patrick Bijsmans, coordinator of the course. How do I come up with a good topic? How can I reduce it to a feasible question? Why is this topic worth writing about? And what are things that I should take into account when drafting my research plans? These are challenges that every researcher faces. I, for one, know from my own experience that choosing a topic can be difficult. And that's why next week is devoted to these challenges. But before telling you a bit more about this, I want to address a question that one of you asked me earlier this week, namely, why am I posting a podcast each Wednesday? Well, for better or for worse, the current situation creates an opportunity for innovation. In this case, I was particularly inspired by research on how offering material in different formats aids student learning in terms of catering for different learning styles and of taking in material at your own pace. I record the podcast after Wednesday's last tutorial so I can include related observations when there is a need to. In addition, this also allows me to provide you with some background and advice that you might find useful while doing your pre-discussion or preparing your hands-on task. As such, a podcast is a more flexible format than video and given the UN media site, also a more reliable one, but it's also a more interactive format than text. But this is the first time I'm using a podcast, so feedback and suggestions are very welcome. As I already mentioned, the focus of next week is mainly on how and where to start academic research. During last Monday's lecture, we of course already reflected on research problems and questions, and on how to choose them. I hope you observed that generating ideas and questions can be done through brainstorming, on your own and with your friends. For your next hands-on task, which is a draft research problem, you will have to choose a topic that is directly related to ruling Europe in terms of content and time frame. Your research problem and the eventual research proposal for the current course will form the basis for your library research paper in period 3. In other words, the work that you put into choosing a topic now will pay off in period 3. Now, given the challenges of choosing a topic and also in the spirit of innovation that I mentioned before, I decided to ask a colleague to further reflect with me on choosing topics and questions. My first question for you is, is, is a very simple one. Um, you and I have both also been students uh, and you, you and I are also still doing research. Um, do you still encounter such problems with finding a topic and, and thinking about questions that you want to look into? Uh, absolutely. I think this is this is part of it. it comes with the territory. Uh, when you do research, uh, when you finish one chapter in your research and you need to open a new one, there's always the big question mark, what do I do now? What do I write about? Uh, what is relevant? What is uh, uh, interesting? Uh, what is possible as well, right? And the first thing that you need to know is that I think uh, is that if an idea doesn't come to mind immediately, you shouldn't panic. It's normal uh, that, that, that uh, the process of coming up 
with a new idea for a project or for a work, for a paper, might take time. Uh, might take might not be immediate. So if if you uh, just read the, the assignment and then you have to come up with a new topic, and if a topic doesn't come in the in the next hour, then you panic. That's that's not the way to do it. I think that's very counterproductive. Uh, so you need to, of course, you need to work with deadlines, right? And 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 for this particular assignment, there is a, there is a deadline, but that doesn't mean that there is no time. And if you panic, most most likely you're gonna squander that time. So you need to take a deep breath and and realize that these things don't happen automatically or immediately. And also, it doesn't have to be perfect. Of course, right. I think it's, it's, it's very much a, a process of trying one thing, testing it, then you realize what doesn't work or if, uh, if there's something that doesn't work or if there's something that can be improved. And then you start reflecting about, about it. And then you start, you read, and then the moment you read, you realize, okay, my initial thought is not, is not 100% uh, accurate, so I need to refine it. Uh, but it's, it's part of, a, of the same process. Yeah, and you know, students can find a lot of topics already. I think in the Europe syllabus. But what other kind of advice would you give to students who are still thinking about what exactly to do? Yeah, I think uh, I would say, to in my experience, most of the ideas come when I go deep into the secondary sources, into the reading material of the course. I think it's maybe uh, the introduction to one chapter or maybe the conclusions of one article that that's what really gets me thinking. So one thing that they could do is maybe select uh, of the of the assignments that they think it might be more interesting or more appealing to them, maybe go to one reading and then read it and, and have a look at it and see if they if there are questions that pop into their minds, if there are puzzles behind that reading. Um, I don't know, paradoxes, maybe things that the reading does not explain and they would want that reading to, to explain them and then take it from there. Yeah, yeah. That's, that is really some good advice when I'm going to some of the readings that, that you ask them to do anyways for the course. I think this is also one of the reasons why we decided on the link because it makes it just a little bit easier to... to, to you know, yeah. find something and obviously then the work that students do for their paper and for their paper proposal will also help to prepare for the Europe exam. I, I hope it will at least. Yeah. And One can only hope. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned uh, the, the readings already. Uh, beyond the readings, one of the things that, that we'll ask students to do towards the end, so when they draft their final research proposal, is to also include at least two relevant peer-reviewed journal articles. Is there a particular journal or maybe two journals that you'd say, well, this is not really a journal where you can really find some really interesting stuff that can help you to find the topic and, and research? Yes, there are two journals that I uh, particularly like. One is more traditional historian, uh, like uh, contemporary European history. I think it's, it's very much uh, linked to some of the topics that we touch upon in the in the course and then there is one that is more uh, multidisciplinary and that's called past and present and and i think that that is very much in 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 line with what we try to do in european studies uh try to show how 
a topic can be tackled from very different perspectives and how by uh, adopting uh, multidisciplinary approaches or interdisciplinary approaches, one can get uh, uh, um, better answers to, to some of the questions. And, and also I think, and this is uh, past and present, I think is very appealing because sometimes we tend to think that this is something that Camilo was explaining in his initial lecture, that history is just about things in the past, but history is very much about the present. And history is very much about establishing a dialogue with political science, with economy, with law. And I think this journal, uh, um, I think, incorporates already that, that type of uh, understanding. And some of the articles are very, very good. But this is this is something that also students would have to do, right? The same thing, the same way you read one piece by an author and they say, I like this piece. I'm going to check what this author has written other than this. And then you might become uh, actually a, a fan of, of that writer and then you follow everything that writer does. Same thing happens with journals, right? So sometimes you also need to pay attention to where the article is published. And they say, oh, I like where I like this article. Uh, let me see where is this published. Let me see if they have similar articles. And then you see that many journals are consistent in terms of quality, in terms of uh, topic. And then what you can do is you actually you can subscribe to certain journals, and then you get every every month or every three months or every six months the new articles in your email. I think this is something that students should become accustomed to. Uh, uh. Great. Well, Pablo, that's really good advice, I think, for our students. Thank you very much. Um, Hope it helps. I'm quite sure that it will. I think we've all started at the same level doing research when we were students. So I think... Apologies for the lesser quality of sound. This turned out to be due to a malfunctioning microphone. But that was, of course, Pablo Daliero, our deputy program director and tutor in the course Ruling Europe. What I really liked about Pablo's advice is how he explains that an article in a certain journal can also say something about the style of writing found in that journal. This is a topic that we will discuss in a few weeks from now. But I too can recommend a journal to you that takes such an interdisciplinary or multidisciplinary approach, and it's called the Journal of Contemporary European Studies. Check it out, you can find it through the library website. Now, during next week's tutorial, we will continue our discussion about the all-important role of a good research problem consisting of a topic, a research question, and the relevance of both. Do have a look at the two examples in the assignment text. What do you think? Good research questions or not? And why or why not? The issue of limitations will also feature, as every choice, also for a topic and a question, comes with limitations to your research, something that we will return to again later in the course. Please ensure to do a critical and in-depth rediscussion. This will help guiding efficient learning, plus it is a good exercise for drafting problems and questions. After all, PBL is also a research process. No doubt, doing a pre-discussion without a tutor can be difficult, so I've posted an easy-to-use PBL skills booklet with tips and tricks to the course page. And of course, don't be afraid to ask your tutor for advice. The 
core reading of this week is from Boot et al.'s book, The Craft of Research. Greetings how to write your undergraduate dissertation, while overall a bit too advanced for now, also features some accessible chapters on generating ideas and questions. And finally, Whisker's book features a useful chapter on different types of research and the different types of questions that accompany this research. Finally, during last Monday's lecture, we already briefly discussed the importance of concepts, also in your research proposal and period three paper. This will be the topic of the next lecture, which will be given by Karen van Leeuwen, coordinator of the period three course. A short video introducing the lecture will shortly be available online. Please do watch it in advance of the lecture. Also, do not forget that next week you'll have your first presentation skills meeting, which will be an excellent opportunity to present your research ideas. More information is available on the course page, including a fact sheet and a number of slides. In case of questions, feel free to attend my student drop-in hours Thursday morning between 8.30 and 10 o'clock. You can find the link in the course manual. Thanks for listening and see you soon.